have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Howdy folks, this is Willard Wingnut, and I'm sure we've all heard the same expression, a woman works from sun till sun, but a voiceover works from noon till one. And I thought, hey, I want to be one of them. So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Elise Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today... I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world. In a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches. Where they were like lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest. The one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover, too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic, so check her out. And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you. Welcome back, everybody. And I can't think of a better way to start your December off than by listening to another episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks. Hope everybody's having a safe week so far. Hope everybody's ready to get to the weekend. And I hope this is what you're using to get your weekend kickstarted the right way. We've got another amazing guest on, and I feel like I say that every week. I'm just going to be honest here. I'm being biased. I'm fortunate enough to be friends with these people. I'm blessed that they want to come on here and tell their stories and have a conversation with me. And I'm lucky that all of you tune in to listen to it. So before we get started, I do have to take a minute. I want to thank our sponsors for continuing to keep this show afloat. And I also want to thank all of you for not only continuing to listen and support, but getting the word out on social media, telling your friends and go ahead and subscribe. If you're on iTunes, not only subscribe, but leave us a five star review and share this podcast to anyone and everyone that you think would like it. And go get caught up in our archives. We've had tons of amazing guests so far, and today's guest is going to be no different. She's somebody that I met, gosh, I guess it's been over a year ago at this point, and it's another person like last week's guest that I was fortunate enough to meet in an acting workshop with Sunny Strait. And she is not only one of the busiest people I know, but she's a flight attendant. She's a voice actor. At some point, I feel pretty confident saying she might be an accomplished author as well, and we're going to get into that momentarily. But tonight, it's my pleasure to have Corey Pettit on the podcast. Corey, how are you? 
I'm good, Flynn. How are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. And I don't know, I'm better than I deserve. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm Absolutely. excited to be here. <laughs> and I know with your schedule, thank you for having the time to actually come on and chat too. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I always have time for my friends. I always have time for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And same goes here as well. So, Corey, I wanted to get you on tonight to, to talk about your story because you are, it seems like every time I see a post from you on social media, it's either you showing your storytelling skills or it's about a new role that, you know, that you have landed and you were just making leaps and bounds. And I wanted to talk about your story find out kind of what got you to where you are now and how you like juggle everything that you do in your everyday life. So if you don't mind backing it up to the beginning, it's a part A, part B kind of question, but what led you to um, the acting side of things that you're doing now? And also what led you to becoming a flight attendant? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, <laughs> we're going to go to the beginning. All right. Well, Way back to the beginning. <laughs> when I was in fifth grade, every year the fifth graders did a musical. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was my turn to to audition for the musical. And uh, you know, I had been in choir and stuff and it was it was fun and I auditioned for the part, just a small little part of the secretary, because I was like, Well, I, I don't know, I think this could be kind of fun, but I never really thought about acting before then. I auditioned and uh, when I was reading the director was like well why don't you read for this other part and I was like well okay and it was it was the lead part and I read for it didn't really think anything of it and I I, I got the lead role in the very first wow. thing we ever auditioned for it was nuts this is a fifth grade elementary school production let me just put that out <laughs> there but I was I was super excited and that's when I fell in love with acting before that I was going to be a Starfleet medical officer Dr. Crusher I'm dating myself here, but Dr. Crusher was my idol for anybody who watched Star Trek The Next Generation. But I had so much fun, the entire process, the rehearsals, the developing the character, the costumes, all of that, the energy of performing with my other actors, the energy from the audience. Uh, in fifth grade, I was like, no, I want to be an actor, which is, is crazy. And it's one of those things that like has never left me this entire time. It's always been a constant. It's always been that uh, nagging voice in the back of my head, my heart saying, why aren't you doing this? You need to do this. As I continued to grow up, I continued acting. Um, I grew up doing tons of theater. I continued singing. And then I got to college and I don't know what happened. <laughs> I sort of shifted focus. I think I stopped listening to my heart and started listening to my head. Oh, you need to go to school and get a good job and have a good retirement and buy a house, all these, mm -hmm. all these things that you do. And being an actor won't fit into that because uh, you're just going to be broken starving. I think being an artist is such a personal uh, and an internal part of you that mm -hmm. trying to, to quiet that calling is, is impossible and it's heartbreaking. Absolutely. And you don't feel fulfilled unless you're actually doing something to nurture that calling too. I can speak from experience, like a lot of the adulting or the adult things, like going to a regular job sometimes just feel like going through the motions almost or going to college even. Absolutely. I did have an opportunity to sort of re-enter the entertainment realm shortly after college. I worked for a video game entertaining uh, entertainment website. Oh, nice. 
ton of fun. We did skits, we did live shows, we went to events, did event coverage. That was definitely one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. And the people I worked with, my coworkers, are still my very near and dear friends to this day. And it also gave me a taste of the gaming industry, which uh, I grew up playing video games, being a gamer. So it was, it was fun to take a dive into that, that realm, that atmosphere. So I, I did that for a while. And then I had the opportunity to take on a corporate position at an airline, uh, which is where I'm still at, not in a corporate capacity though. And I will say that the company that I work for now has been absolutely wonderful. The opportunities that it has given me and uh, the growth that it has allowed me, I, I can't say any enough good things about it. Right, right. I understand that. Just out of curiosity too, I may be Jumping ahead a little bit here, but when you landed this job in the corporate capacity, were you getting a lot of support from your family to kind of take the leap into that position? Or were they also supportive of you working for the the video game company and pursuing the acting dream as well? Or were they kind of pushing you more towards this corporate job because it was more of a stability aspect? It's kind of a twofold thing. My parents were always very supportive of my acting dreams mm-hmm. and endeavors. I mean, bless my mom's heart. She would drive me to every audition and every rehearsal oh, when nice. I was a kid <laughs> to ensure that I could fulfill that. I think it was, though, very important to them that I have the ability to support myself. And I think they did worry how acting would play into that. And so they will always be my biggest cheerleaders. I think a lot of my journey and me not really pursuing it hardcore uh, is maybe me listening more to my head than my heart. Yep. But my journey, I, I can't complain about where I've gone. Uh, the journey that I've had has been such a wonderful journey that I, I, I don't know if I would change it, like in hindsight, like looking back. Right. And I mean, it's it's led you to a lot of successful things now as well. I mean, like, like, like you said, it is hard to say, would I go back and change that? Because if you did, you may not have what you have now. It's one of those uh, double-edged swords, so to speak. Absolutely. You can always look back and say, well, if only I had done X, Y, or Z. But right. maybe this is where I need to be. And maybe now is the time that I need to do this. Maybe before I'm older now, I I am more sure of myself now, even uh, as a person. Perhaps if I had tried to really pursue some of these things years ago, I might not uh, have what it, it took at the time to, right. to really make those dreams come to fruition. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, like you said, it maybe you're where you're supposed to be right now. That makes perfect sense. And it's it's so simple, but nine times out of ten, the simple things are the most powerful and impactful things in our lives, too. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Like with the corporate job and then with the, you know, acting throughout school and everything as well, what made you want to take the transition or what actually got your attention to get into voice acting? Yeah. Well, I like I grew up playing video games and Mm -hmm. and loving video games and people who know me well uh, always will make jokes like you don't ever shut up about this game (laughs) i remember playing star wars knights of the old republic which is getting a remake and i am so now i have to get a playstation (laughs) i'm so excited same here how excited i am about this but really like playing a game like that and how much love and care went into the story uh, from the entire production team and the actors. I mean, I went through 
hours upon hours of playing that game, reaching the end and feeling like this can't be it. Like these companions that I've played through this whole game with, like they're, they're a part of my family now. They're a part of my life. Yeah. And I, I just really fell in love with being able to tell a story like that uh, and, and really sort of wanted to, to be part of it. I'll also say this too. I think it can be true for a lot of people. Being a, a, an on-camera actor is tough. Like there's a lot that goes into to your physical appearance oh, about yeah. it too. And for me, I, I spent a lot of time feeling like that I would never meet that mold of what I needed to be on that aspect of things as an on-camera talent. But with voice acting, I, I felt like I could absolutely do that. And I could absolutely own it in a, in a way that I might not have had the confidence for from the on-camera side of things. Right. And I, I get that 100% because there's a lot more freedom almost being anonymous when you're behind the microphone. So I don't know why that is or if it is like just a self-conscious thing, at least in my in my head. But <laughs> I, I, I get that 100 percent. I think it also sort of goes back to I loved comic books growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up watching X-Men, the animated series and yes. uh, Batman Beyond, Justice League, all of that. And I just gosh, I always thought it would be just so cool to be able to bring those characters that I would read mm -hmm. uh, about in the comic books and, you know, give voices in my head when I'm reading comics to life, much, much like uh, in those series. So for me, it's just I, I have a love of all of these different mediums and being able to bring those characters to life out of maybe the way that they're traditionally traditionally represented just excited me. And so I, I was like, I, I, I really want to do this. I, I, I love it. I want to be a voice actor. Right, right. <laughs> How did you go about finding your way to get involved with voice acting? Because I know like a lot of people either don't know where to start or they start digging online. Did you do one of those two or did you know somebody that was already involved that kind of took you under their wing? What was your process like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can fast forward to the part where I became a flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And I was on an overnight in El Paso, Texas. And... I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking about why am I not voice acting? I want to, I want to be a voice actor. I've been talking about wanting to do this for years and keep putting it off and putting it off. And when's going to be the right time, Corey, when, you know, obviously not right then and there in El Paso <laughs> was going to be the right time, but it was, it was like uh, one o'clock in the morning maybe. And I, I got on the internet and I just started Googling. I Googled voice acting classes, uh, how to be a voice actor, anything and everything I could find because it was like a switch had flipped in my head mm -hmm. and that voice would not be quiet oh, uh, until I, I, I did something about it. Yep. I understand that. Once that bug gets in there, it's hard to get rid of it. Absolutely. And so I had found uh, a voice acting class at a conservatory here in Dallas. And I signed up for it right there at one o'clock in the morning nice. uh, from El Paso. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, okay, voice, I did it. So shut up now so I can get some sleep. <laughs> The voice would not shut up, so I, I spent some more time Googling some stuff and making a list, and I uh, <laughs> filled up my Amazon shopping cart to order what I needed to make my first home studio, because I was like, if I'm going to do this, like I, I need to just do this. I can't just take this class and then tell myself, all right, well, we'll get back to it later. Like You're either all in or 
you need to finally just let this go. Yeah. So I decided I was all in. Now, was that the same studio that you had back when we met about a year ago? Or was that something before that one? That was before that one. So oh, wow. that little studio, I had a little, a little like portable booth box and, mm-hmm. um, my goodness, I think my first microphone was an AT2035 and I had a Scarlet Focusrite okay. as my interface. Uh, and I used that for maybe not quite a year. And then I built my little uh, blanket fort. <laughs> oh, reliable. A pipe. Yeah. And I upgraded my equipment to an AT4047. Mm-hmm. I think I kept my interface. And then in December of last year, geez, it's almost been a year. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I upgraded again to the setup I have now. I don't know if you've seen my current setup. I think the last time I saw it was, I think when we did Sonny's class this year in June. Okay. If it's the yeah, same one, so- I think you had it in the business of voiceover class we were in as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. yes. Uh, so I got my Studio Bricks booth. Um, yes, and that thing is beautiful. to Neumann and a uh, new interface, and I'm rocking and rolling nice, now. Nice. <laughs> She's all professional. I'm, I'm a real voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you loaded up the shopping cart. You got all the stuff for your first booth. So how was that first class for you? Because unfortunately, I've never got to do one of those in person because... When I got full swing into everything, it was right at the start of COVID. So everything was Zoom only, which for me, not being in a major hub like Dallas or Los Angeles or somewhere like that, that was super convenient for me. But what was it like for you going into that situation and being so new to everything? Like, were there experienced people there? Was it all beginners? What was it like for you? I had been out of the acting world for quite a while, Mm -hmm. uh, which was intimidating to jump back in because... You know, I, I just felt so rusty, but I, I went in excited and with an open heart and an open mind. So I signed up for a, a character and animation class. Uh-huh. What I didn't know on the first night is that that was the advanced class. Oh. <laughs> there was a beginner class that I didn't take but they let me sign up for the advanced class anyway. I was a bit intimidated because everybody in the class had taken the the previous class as a prerequisite. But the instructor, she's wonderful. She let me stay in the class since I was already there. And so I was like, well, okay, I got to prove that I can hang <laughs> with yeah. everybody else. So we, ha- we had our first assignment and I proved that I could hang with the rest of the class. Nice, so I got to nice. stay. <laughs> Were you able to keep up communication with a lot of the people in that class and kind of learn from them and build the relationships there as well? Or were you kind of just left to your own devices to try and figure things out as each new assignment came up? Yeah, so uh, we would meet weekly and I don't think we really became really close friends with each other to like more weeks passed and really toward the end of the class. Yeah. But we would ask each other advice, like maybe before class, like, well, what do you think about this? Or, hey, would you mind listening to, to me and like giving me some feedback? The class was structured in such a wonderful way that it was it was a safe zone for you to play. You know, you're, you're not there to impress anybody. You're not mm-hmm. there to get hired for a job. You're there to grow and learn with each other, which was a, a wonderful thing for yes, a very first was. voice acting class to take because it was so not intimidating. 
Absolutely. And that makes a huge difference too, because you could come in there and somebody could have a huge ego and just make you feel inferior, feel like you're the smallest person in the world. And that deflates the dream right there. It makes you not want to continue. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you didn't have that kind of experience. But man, I know I would have been in like nerve wracking, just a nerve wracking situation if that was me. So kudos to you on that. Well, I think, too, we also had a great group of people. It's unfortunate when somebody walks into a situation with a big ego like that, because I I think no matter where you are in your career, you can always learn something Mm -hmm. else. You can always learn from somebody else, uh, no matter their their experience level. Very, very Um, true. Everybody has has different backgrounds that they come from and different experiences to share. And I love taking group classes uh, and listening to to other people's performances or or their experiences because I always walk away with with a new skill set. Absolutely. And I know, too, obviously, everything that we did in our first class with Sonny last year, I was still relatively new to everything. But like I was telling uh, Suzanne last week's guest, because she was in that class with us, like, I was just blown away by everything that you guys were doing that had more experience than me. And then it's like, when we came back to that second class this past June, I actually felt more comfortable and like I could hang with you guys at that point. Like I was still blown ab- blown away by what y'all were doing, but we were talking in, be- like you and I were talking in between scenes and everything. And it was like, like that was awesome. Like you, like you crushed it and like, <laughs> I felt like so accomplished just being able to hang with somebody like you and in, in some of those scenes. So that was like a huge thing for me. So I get that 100%. You know, it's more of like a family atmosphere than it's like a competition, which was a hard thing for me to accept as well. So in saying all that and kind of taking the long way around to get to it, did you ever have to deal with anybody in any of these situations where there may have been some jealousy on their end or... They may have felt threatened by what you were doing because they felt like they came up second place to something you were doing. Did you ever have to encounter anything like that? I don't want to put you on the spot and name any names or anything, but... No, no, not at all. I try to approach a situation not as a competition anyway. Right, right. It's truly not... One of my favorite teachers, Richard Horvitz, mm-hmm. he always says there's there's no... Not better. There's just different. Yes. Uh, which is is so true. So true. I don't know if if I've made somebody feel uncomfortable, maybe <laughs> by by me per se. Um, but all of like the relationships I've had with people in in classes have all been very positive and and very good. So if if there was ever any any feel like negative feelings like that, nobody has ever expressed them with me openly. I gotcha. I will say I have been in classes where I've been horribly intimidated by the people <laughs> in the class. At the same time, though, you know, that's a wonderful opportunity to learn, you know, yes. you know, see the things that they do that that you just love and learn how to incorporate those and make those techniques your own. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's not a competition. It's not better or best. It's different. And one of the biggest things that was so awesome for me, and it took me a while to to actually understand and believe it just because of the cutthroat stuff I'd experienced in other forms of entertainment is there literally is a place for everybody. So you don't have to backstab somebody to climb your way up the ladder before them or get their spot or whatever it is. There is a spot for everybody. And when more people realize that there is more of that positive friends and family dynamic to everything. And I think that's something that you put out there. And I would say you probably receive it back too, because 
I can't think of a class that we've been in where I haven't seen you not be in a good mood or I haven't seen you been cheerful and just with a smile on your face. And I feel like that's something that everybody around you picks up on as well. So I feel like you exude that mentality. Oh, Flynn, that's so nice. That's well, just uh, honesty, eh? <laughs> to, to, sort of, to piggyback on that, no, we'll just piggyback on that. Be the person that you want to work with. Uh, it's really about the golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. I, I love when everyone's happy and smiling and having a good time. So right. <laughs> that's what I'm going to put out there and hope that I get back. Because, I mean, it's this is something that we all dreamed about doing growing up. And yeah, you can get paid for it and everything, but it shouldn't feel like work. You shouldn't look at it as I have to do this. You should look at it as I get to do this. That positive attitude, it just becomes contagious. And then everybody has fun. Like that's the way it should be. That's what keeps the fire going. Well, and being an actor, being a creative type is so hard because it's mm-hmm. so personal yes. to each of us. Because we are putting a piece of ourselves in in every performance that we do, that if you don't love what you do, if if you don't love the adventure of it, the chase of that dream, uh, then you will get burned out and you won't enjoy it. Often, I always hear, you know, if there's anything else that you could do that would make your heart happy than being other than being an actor do that instead. Yep. And I get it because there can be so much heartbreak being an artist, but at the same time, it can also be so rewarding. It 100% can. And the thing is, you just have to keep plugging away and you have to develop a thick skin until you get to that point. Because once you do, if it's an overnight thing, chances are it's going to fade away just as fast and you're not going to appreciate it the way you should. But if you have to work for it and you finally strike gold and you get it, you appreciate it that much more and it just rejuvenates the passion that you have for it. And you want to keep going through that till you get that next one. So you're more willing to navigate the peaks and valleys and the dry spells until it comes. So it just makes you appreciate it and love it that much more if you have that patience and that full passion for it. Absolutely. And I think what we saw over the last year... Oh, man. Yeah. 2020 was was rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was really nothing to be booked because the industry had had really shut down. Yep. And so <laughs> uh, for me personally, uh, I just decided, you know, there's no work to be had right now. So I'm just going to throw myself headfirst into just training as much as I can. Right. So when things turn around... I will have grown that much more as a performer. I'll have that much more to bring to the table. So, Absolutely. Um, and I love that mentality, too. That's the thing. You know, there will be peaks and valleys uh, in this career. And so just knowing how to stay motivated and, and how to keep growing and how to keep your skills sharp and mm-hmm. investing in your talent is important. We all want to be, you know, the person that that is working all the time. But the reality is most people aren't working Every yeah. single day. Um, I, I actually, that might be a false statement. Well, <laughs> so there, correct me if I'm wrong. There <laughs> That's probably not me right now. <laughs> there are probably a select few that are, and they definitely worked their way up to that point to get there. But you know, a lot of people that we see at conventions or that we still hear on TV. Most of them, I hate to say it, but you know, like they still have to pay their bills in other ways too. So. They're still putting the hustle in behind the scenes to keep this dream alive, too. So, I mean, that's just, that's part of it. Absolutely. But 
it's the love of the artistry, I think, that, that keeps you going and, and keeps you pursuing it and, and keeps you on the roller coaster. <laughs> right, right. Now, in saying all that, too, with you juggling the flight attendant job, which has a lot of travel and I keep up with your posts on Facebook. I see the stories where there's <laughs> flight delays and we're going to come back to the other stories here momentarily. But when you have those longer flight travels and then you still, you know, have auditions to do and everything, how do you avoid, you know, just the burnout or how do you prioritize getting that done, but then also giving yourself time to recover and keeping yourself sane during all that? It is a lot, but I, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love being a flight attendant and I love being a voice actor, which is funny because it's like they're to seem like two totally different yeah. realms. However, uh, <laughs> when you're a flight attendant, you are constantly wearing multiple hats. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might be a counselor uh, to passenger 1F. I might be be the hostess with the mostest to passenger 16E, uh, you know, throwing a bachelor party in the back of the airplane. Right. I, or might be, a, you know, the, the mom that's, that's soothing the first time nervous flyer. So as much as we play in different character types and emotions as an actor, I'm doing that a yeah, lot. At that's everyday life. <laughs> but it is a lot. My schedule can be quite busy and hectic. But it's, it's about, really, for me, it's time management. I, I'm a really organized person, and so I I know my deadlines. I know when I need to be, where I need to be. I mm-hmm. know when auditions need to be in. I know when I have sessions. I know when I need to be up in the air. So for me, just having those organizational skills, I was very type A as a child. I have mellowed a lot more as an adult. <laughs> Uh, but some of those type A tendencies still serve me well because I can be a go, go, go busy person and still meet my all of my obligations. I love that. If you have everything planned out, if you have everything scheduled and something goes awry with that type A personality, I know you said you've mellowed out a little bit. Do you find it hard to just kind of go with the flow when there's something out of your control? Or is that one of those like it just kind of throws everything into a tailspin from there? No, uh, that is one of those things that I have grown to just accept. There's things that I can't control. And Mm -hmm. you know what? We'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. I'll be okay. That's it. That's another Richard Horvitz. Yes. (laughs) Um, However, a younger me, probably if I had decided to pursue acting uh, straight away, I probably would have been thrown into a tailspin when things went awry. But I have become the person that it's like, you know what? We'll see what happens. I'm along for the ride. I can't do anything about this, but I can do something about this. So that's what I'm going to to try to take care of. I'm so glad that I've <laughs> learned <laughs> that skill set because I, I don't think I could juggle multiple yeah. things without it. <laughs> and I'll say it, it was acting for me that actually helped me kind of mellow out like that because it was improv specific. Because my job kind of put me in that position where I had to have things on a schedule or if I was on a consulting call, I had to be three steps ahead of the person that was about to tell me their problems and have a solution before they even did. So if one thing went different, everything was just out the window. So discovering improv as I got older really helped me mellow out and, like you said, realize there are things that are out of my control and... That's really helped, like, especially with auditions, too. That has been, like, the biggest saving grace as far as just letting it be and going with the flow. So 
acting is something that can help you not only with auditions, but with everyday life as well. And I mean, I kind of feel like from some of the things I've seen, like with your stories and then seeing what you did in your improv scene in our workshop over the summer, a lot of that can also help in some like stressful situations in your real life. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I I think if more of us approached life with a yes and attitude, that Uh improv yes and attitude, uh, life would be so much simpler. (laughs) It really would because it's going to force you to listen and not just try and respond. It's going to help you try and understand it as well. I mean, like I said, I definitely saw that with like your scene work where you actually had an improv scene based off of uh, being a flight attendant and it just went so off the rails crazy, but you could still see those bits of reality in there. And it was probably one of the most entertaining scenes of that night that I saw. And I think I texted you right after that and was like, Jesus, <laughs> like, like you hit it out of the park. It was amazing. And it was hilarious. Well, it was funny because when Sonny assigned us that scene, Sonny didn't know that I was a flight attendant. He, that's he- right. That's right when we were talking through it, I didn't tell my group mates at first that I was a flight attendant until we had decided the parts. And they're like, well, Corey, do you want to be the flight attendant? And I was like, well, actually, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me go get something out of the closet. Yeah, I'll be right back. And it's funny, like sort of tying back into being a flight attendant and an improv, you know, situations will happen on board the aircraft. Sometimes that seems so out of left field. You think that you're being punked uh, and being able to be flexible and adaptable and respond to those situations uh, with humor, with an open mind, I think keeps you sane. (laughs) Yep, And it can diffuse the situation even quicker, too. Absolutely. Uh, The last thing you want is for things to escalate at 30,000 feet. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. So with that, too, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but I said in your introduction that you could be a best-selling author somewhere down the road. With your storytelling, (laughs) if people followed your social media, what would you call it? The Flight Attendant Chronicles, or do you have a specific title for it? Or for these little short stories? (laughs) I really haven't come up with an official title. Uh, I've jokingly said that my memoirs will be titled A Pocket Full of Vomit and a Shoe Full of Diet Coke. <laughs> that that was a real day that happened to me. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's funny now. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious now, not at the time. My stew stories, I guess. I think that's what I sort of just call them. Right. Um, They're hilarious. I'm going to go ahead and say full disclosure. Like, the majority of the humorous ones, I know there's some serious ones in there, too, but... Like, just your storytelling ability really hits the nail on the head or brings it home with everything, like, with the storytelling aspect of it. So, it's very entertaining to read, and guilty pleasure, I look forward to reading those every time they're posted. Oh, well, thank you. I love it. And it's so funny because uh, I didn't set out to start blogging about yeah. my job, right? It really sort of started as like therapy in a way, you know, when these crazy situations would happen on board the aircraft, you know, I'd tell my friends and they would be like, All right, did that really happen? No, no way. People aren't really <laughs> like that. And I was like, well, <laughs> if you only knew when you fly as much as I do, you see all sorts of stuff. Especially when I was re-entering uh, the acting world and and was really in, in search of uh, creative release, that was really you know my way to to create and find that that artistry fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in writing. And it's funny because as a kid, I hated writing. Oh, my God. Right. Like, anytime I got a writing assignment, I would, like, write a space. How many words? All right, I have exactly the number of words done. And now I look forward to it. It's, yeah. it's so funny. When inspiration strikes, it just, it's so easy and natural and it just comes out. and it Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that too, I mean, like, have you had people, I know you said people reach out and ask, has that really happened? Have you had anybody try to be like, oh, you should get this posted or published somewhere? Has that come up at all? had some friends suggest uh, that if I did put it something together that they would be interested in I don't know like because my intention with it wasn't ever to to really do anything with it yeah yeah on Facebook I thought about it uh, you know I it's just funny because they're just the little my little stories it's incredibly humbling that people enjoy them and that they they think that not even that they think that that they would want like a physical copy that's that's really cool so i don't know we'll we'll see right right (laughs) (laughs) now do people that you work with are they in the loop that you're a voice actor or do they ever ask you questions about that or try to find out like what you have coming out that they can keep up with are they pretty supportive of that or is it just something you don't even talk about at work well, at first, I really sort of kept it uh, on the DL. As artists, we are incredibly sensitive. Yes. And if we fail at something, we don't want the world to see us fail. Nope. But then when, um, you know, I, I started moving forward in my career and booking the off thing here and there, and I'd share it on social media, and it was sort of the cat was out of the bag at that point. Uh, my coworkers that I'm friends with on social media that know about it uh, are incredibly awesome. They're always asking me, what are you doing next? Oh, send us our, your clip of whatever. Oh, you're so great. You're so funny. You know, there are some of my biggest cheerleaders. Right. And I love it. At work, like on board the aircraft though, it's really funny. You know, we have a flight attendant that does the announcements and Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm flying that position, not because I love to talk, but because it's usually the most junior position. (laughs) I'm usually the one the most junior. But I'll do the announcements and somebody on the crew will say, oh, my gosh, like you should do the commercials or uh, you sound like a computer. Like we thought you were recording, <laughs> which is funny. And like I was like, well, maybe I don't want to sound like a cold AI. <laughs> yeah, not so much. But uh, I'll say, oh, well, I do some. They're, 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 oh, they'll ask me, like, well, have you ever thought about like doing any like voiceover work? And I was like, well, I'll do. I'll say, yes, I do some on the side every now and then. And. That's usually how that conversation gets started. But I'm, I don't usually lead with, hey, I'm Corey. Nice to meet you guys. I'm also a voice actor. Right, right. Uh, that's just weird. Yeah. Very. <laughs> that's when you roll your eyes and move on to the next. <laughs> right. Like, okay, she and I are not going to get along. Right. Now, I'm going to circle back to your type A mentality because I know um, you recently got a demo produced for your commercial demos. With the pandemic going on, you said you wanted to take as many classes as possible to hone your skills and sharpen those. Did you have a list or uh, like a checklist of things that you knew you needed to get done? Or did you have a time frame that you wanted to get these things done in? while the pandemic was going on so that as things picked back up, you'd be ready to go? Or was it kind of just plug and play as it happened? 
I definitely have goals that I want to achieve. The commercial demo was one of them. And, you know, the pandemic really complicated that a bit because mm-hmm. studios were shut down for so long. Yep. Uh, I actually recorded my commercial demo from home with a director and engineer in Los Angeles with Source Connect. So it was it was wonderful to be able to mark that off the list during yeah. the pandemic Absolutely. when I felt like not much else was happening. So the commercial demo was big. Signing with an agency is my another is my next big goal. Not having the commercial demo was holding me back on that. Uh, right. Now I have that with my character animation reel. So I'm in a good place to hopefully hit that next goal sooner Fing- than later. Fingers crossed. And I know I think you and I have always heard that you need to have the commercial demo first and then the character of the animation demo second. But you and I both did it in reverse because we both had our character and animations done first. And then um, I just finished mine kind of similar situation to what you were doing with the commercial demo. I'm in Nashville in my home studio. I did it with somebody in Minnesota. And, you know, it's kind of that same situation. But now that I've got that, I'm kind of trying to get out there and get those connections like you are and get representation as well. But... Did you ever have anybody, like, when you made your character demo at the beginning, did they try to tell you, oh, you should wait and do the commercial first? Or were they kind of just like, hey, go ahead and get this one done because that's kind of where your passions lie with your voiceover career? Yeah, I really didn't uh, learn that the commercial demo in terms of signing with the agency was more important until after the fact. Right, same Um, here. I think like most of us, you know, we're, we're actors uh, first. And so bringing mm-hmm. those characters to life, you know, doing the animation, doing the interactive is what really draws us to the industry. Not to say you can't have that same fun in the commercial realm. Yeah. Because you absolutely can. My experience was, ha- didn't have much commercial experience. I had never even taken a commercial class. Same here. So I, I didn't really know what that entailed or how to even, how to even bring the life into a commercial piece. So before I even did my commercial demo, I did take a couple commercial classes to to really sort of understand the commercial artistry side of things, because those still are characters and there's still stories that yes. you're telling, even though it's in a more real world setting with right. maybe more specific constraints around it. Right. And with those rest- with those constraints, too, did you ever find any difficulties with the commercial reads, especially like for the demo, I, I've been told that I ha- tend to have more theatrical reads with commercials because of the acting background and everything like that and different animations and different things like that coming into play. Did you ever have anything like that where it was harder for you to kind of hone in and maybe pull back the reins on those commercial reads compared to what you would do in an animation read? No, because I think I had the opposite problem. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've always been told that I I always sound very professional, very professional. So from a commercial aspect, uh, I think my voice print just sort of naturally flowed that way. I gotcha. What I think I didn't know until I dived more into the commercial classes and, and breaking down those scripts is that I can have more fun with them. I don't need to be stuffy and yeah. so professional, uh, especially because my voice, I think, naturally tends to to sway that way. <laughs> so <laughs> I can sound more like Corey and, and less like Corey. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. And I, I don't know how to even describe it, but that makes so much sense. 
Oh, man. See, I, I got to sit under your learning tree now. Just teach me the ways, please. Oh, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us again. With that, too, um, I know we talked about it. You told me that you had um, submitted, you know, your uh, your reel and your package to agencies. You know, I know a lot of people have these stories of they either don't hear back or if they do, they're told, you know, like, there's no room at this time. Try back later. They're not really given any specific feedback. In a situation like that where either you don't get any response or you do get something like that, how do you treat it? Do you do it like an audition and just submit it and forget it? Or what is your process so that you don't hang on to it and just drive yourself insane over that? Absolutely. I mean, it can be tough because it is very yeah. personal. Oh, yeah. Uh, and especially, you know, when you have that representation, you you do get more of those opportunities that mm-hmm. are almost impossible to come by on your own. For me, the first go around that I, I sent out to agencies, I, I did get some feedback, you know, and it, it was it was some good positive feedback. But then there was nothing else afterward. Gotcha. You know, so I did another round of some that was uh, gosh, January this year I submitted. And then I submitted again at the beginning of the summer, you know, about six months later. Right. Didn't hear anything back, which is is fine. It's all part of the process, you know. Agencies have their own rosters and their talent, and mm-hmm. you never know where you fit. They could have lots of people that sound like me already. So what am I going to bring them that the 30 other people like me don't already have to offer? Really, it's just sort of a, a waiting game and a perseverance game. Yep. And you know what? In six more months, I'm trying again. Exactly. It's just it's the persistence all over again more than anything else. Absolutely. In the meantime, I'll keep plodding away on growing and taking classes and trying to book the things that I, I can myself and absolutely be that, that contender where <laughs> the agent will go. I have to have you. I just have to have you. So. Right. <laughs> That's and I the mean, dream, right? <laughs> that, that is 100% the dream right there. Just send me all these auditions, get me booked. Let's go. But I mean, even without representation right now, you have landed some pretty big stuff on your own. I mean, like, You've had stuff that's come out under the Funimation umbrella. You've been in video games. Um, You've done a lot of stuff. So how was it for you booking those? I'm going to reference Sonny's class again, uh, especially with the anime stuff. How was the ADR process for you? Because I know when we had to do it, and especially with me being so new, it was nerve-wracking trying to film your screen and then also record yourself matching the mouth flaps and doing all these things at once. How was that for you, whether it was in studio or doing it from your home studio? Like, how was that process? Because that's a very tedious thing. ADR is one of those special skills. Actors that regularly work in dubbing, not only are they bringing it with the acting side of things, but they are also on top of it with the matching the flaps and the timing. Being a dubbing actor, I feel like is underappreciated. Yes. Dubs have really been elevated in recent years to a whole new level. Uh, And, you know, those actors that are multifaceted, that can do all these things, that can match the the flap timing, you know, get the emotional context in the core of the character and, you know, connect with the character and you as the audience member are connecting. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Kudos to them because that is that is a skill and a half. Yeah. After my first voice acting class, the next class I took was specifically for for ADR, um, and it was my first time in the booth learning that, and that is where I really grew the appreciation for 
this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the more you do it, the more you practice it. Right. But the the biggest thing is your acting has to be so solid by the time you get to that point because Mm -hmm. you you're you're focused on making the timing work. Yes. uh, With the scene that that you need to be 100 percent certain with your acting choices, who your character is. You you can't have those struggles and think about it in the booth. Like once you step into the booth and put those cans on and you're in that session, you become that character. Right. Um, but yeah, my, my very first time doing ADR professionally for a project, I worked with Sound Cadence Studios. They were so wonderful and I was so nervous. And I remember just apologizing saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so new at this. And um, I worked with both Marissa Linty and, Amber Lee Connors and mm-hmm. they were both no it's it's fine like we work with new people all the time uh, you're doing great we'll just we'll just take our time and and you you got this and they really made it such a fun and welcoming environment to be new in that realm so uh, awesome that it, it was just it, it was wonderful to get my feet wet in in such a safe environment yeah. <laughs> and that makes all the difference in the world too because it could be very discouraging if you had somebody that was just trying to rush along and get to the next project. I mean, I, I love hearing that they were so supportive and patient with everything because that that is very stressful if you're new to it. Like, it frazzled my mind trying to act, trying to match mouth flaps, and also record myself doing it within the time frame that we had. And that wasn't even a long scene. So kudos to them for just the the patience and the understanding for everything too. I mean, that's... Man, I can't speak enough about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of my my favorite people, Wendy Powell, I just remember I had taken some classes with her too. You know, she's always is harping on you. Your acting needs to be solid by the time you get in there. And, and that's absolutely true. Yes, it is. Um, a lot of voice actors do start with dubbing. And it, it is so hard because when you're new to voice acting, you know, you're you're new to playing in the theater of the mind because mm-hmm. you don't have the set. You typically you don't have other actors to bounce off of typically. And so having to add that extra component of, okay, now we're going to match timing and mouth flaps, which is going to affect some of your acting choices. So Really, just making sure your acting is in a solid place before you leap off into that realm, I think, is really important. Absolutely. And is there anything like that you wish? Well, actually, I'm not even going to say that you wish you could go back and tell your former self, you know, like when you were getting started, because we already talked about that. Because if you could do that, you wouldn't be where you are now. But is there anything like that you would tell anyone that's looking into getting into voice acting now or any new voice actors, like any advice you would give them, especially if something like ADR and dubbing or getting those demos done or just juggling everyday life on top of being a voice actor? Is there any advice you would give them for any of that? If you want to do something, do it. If you're on the fence and you just don't know or if it's not the right time or whatever, don't listen. Don't listen to those negative voices. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Just do it. You will thank yourself later when you when you look back and realize you're jumping off point when you're new, I think, in in any industry. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to seek advice from other people that have been there. I know I'm I'm this way and I know a lot of people are this way you know you you don't want to bother somebody right uh, like oh well they don't have time for me that's not true so many people especially in this industry have been 
just so kind and so helpful. The only dumb question is the question that you don't ask. Because if you don't know something, you don't know something. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's perfect right there. I mean, just don't be intimidated because of who somebody is or don't beat yourself up and say it's a stupid question. If you don't know or if you want to get better, ask. I've shot myself in the foot so many times for not asking because I've been intimidated to ask so-and-so because it's somebody I looked up to. But at the same time, that person was willing to help. I was just too stupid to ask. So don't be me. But she's, I mean, she's exactly right. If you, if you don't know, you don't know, be willing to learn and just do it. Absolutely. And I know that we're coming up on an hour and you've had an extremely long day. Um, is there anything that you want to hit on or leave our audience with before we call it a night here? Oh, goodness. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> letting me ramble for the past hour. Uh, when you invited me on, I was like, I don't know how interesting I can be for an hour. There. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so thank you for letting me be here. And, oh, my pleasure. Share part of my heart and my experiences. And, you know, if you're thinking about doing something, whether it be a voice actor or a flight attendant, do it. Just do it. Take the chance and don't listen to your brain, listen to your heart on most things. (laughs) But guys, with that note, we're going to go ahead and call it a night here. Uh, As we get into the holiday season, I know things are going to get hectic. I know people are going to be traveling to see their family if it's safe to do so. So at that time, I hope you've got this uh, you've got this podcast playing, whether it's on a road trip, whether it's in your earbuds, whatever it may be. I hope you're still listening to everything that we're doing here. I hope you're following us on all social media platforms with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and showing your support there. And if you're following us on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review so that we can keep this podcast going for you and keep bringing you awesome guests every week like Corey here tonight. Corey, I want to thank you again for coming on and just, as you said, rambling, but I call it telling your story and giving us a little bit more insight into who you are as a person. Thank you for being so generous and vulnerable there. And guys, again, thank you for listening as well. So we're going to call it a night here. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week. And I know you hear me. Howdy, folks. This is Withered Wingnut, and I'm sure we've all heard the same expression. A woman works from sun till sun, but a voiceover works from noon till one. And I thought, hey, I want to be one of them. So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Alicia Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today... I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world. In a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches. Where they were like lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest. The one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover, too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic, so check her out. And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you.